quiz. Trailer was so badass. 50 Randy quiz. Marsh was a fucking alien. 50 Randy quiz. What do you know about rabbits? We watch movies so you don't have to. Cage Talk. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades, a movie review podcast. I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies. I am the prime millennial, Chuck Better. And with me, my co-host as always, JT Money. And our other co-host as always, Jonas Spade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This is Hashtag Cage Talk Edition, episode 145. Seeking justice. That's how you're going to say it? Yeah. Like a game show host announcing the person coming down to the stage? Like I said, we just watched Seeking Justice. The 59th Nicolas Cage classic. That's pretty crazy. And I know I say that almost every time, but we're about to hit 60 Nicolas Cage movies we've watched in chronological order. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. And we still got, like, another 30-plus years worth of Cage content to be bringing you. Yes, years. Many seasons for all your glorious Nicolas Cage movie podcast wants and desires. But if you have any questions or comments, you can go over to 50randyquades.com. You can let us know what the fuck is up. Hand sanitizer. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just want to say, hey, thanks for the for the comment, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I sound like I probably don't like mean that, but I, I do. Feedback is good. I wouldn't listen back. Yeah, we're dumb. Let me tell you something that I mean, Chuck. Vengeance always has a price. It does. Bro, there's a heavy price to pay for vengeance in this movie. Heavy, heavy price. But don't take our word for it. Take the word of the trailer for Seeking Justice! Come on down! Happy anniversary. It's beautiful. She has several deep lacerations. Internal bleeding. Sorry to hear about your wife. Is she okay? The man's done it before. He'll do it again. We can take care of him for you. Who are you? I represent an organization that loves this city. We're tired of watching it go to hell. I really don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. This wouldn't cost you anything financially, but we may ask a favor of you at some point in the future. Who is this? Hey, Will. What do you want? Just a quick talk. Relax. Where'd you go? You okay? We just need you to do one thing. Nobody said anything in the agreement about killing anybody. So get the hell out of my life. We should go to the cops. We tell them everything. Some of them are cops. When it's done, you call me. A promise is a promise, Will. You have no idea what this guy is capable of. Where have we been? That I heard you walking around. Sir, we have a warrant for your arrest for murder. What the hell is happening?
I'm done. Well, come back. I want to talk to you. How long have you been following me? Let's not forget what we did for you. We're just a few citizens seeking justice. And we are back in Nolens again. It's true. We we are back in the city that has Nicolas Cage's future resting place, which I have personally been to. I have not, but I would like to be. Maybe someday, buddy. And I'll tell you, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it'll be great. I'll take a selfie with it. What was the other Nick Cage Nola movie we watched? Uh, it was a detective uh, movie. Zandalee. That was a New Orleans movie. Really? That was one, it too? It was filmed in New Orleans. Straight up, that's the one where Nicolas Cage fell in love with New Orleans. Well, and then there's, uh, what was it called? Like, the port? Port of Call? No, it was Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, Nolens. Yeah, that's, yes, that's the Werner Herzog movie. Yeah. That's how many times, like, I could say the really long t- title for that movie. That title is so long. It's pretty long. When you, when you have to put a semicolon into your movie title and it's the first one in the series, right? Then you know your title is probably <laughs> too long. Because what do you do in the second movie? You either call it number two or you got two sets of colons. And I feel like having two colons on anything is too many colons. <laughs> you got to go for the double colon. I got one and I feel like it's enough. Well, I just got to let you guys know, our listeners, uh, LOL, lots of love. So much of it. You got to give it to get it and then you got it and that's good it's beautiful <laughs> and also if you haven't noticed yet we mean to talk about everything nicholas cage and otherwise you know that's right <laughs> or at least we mean to oh but like uh we've said in plenty of past episodes probably like uh, at least a hundred of them i don't know of all 144 past episodes we've said this but we like to give a warning before we uh spoil the entire movie for you well remember we watch these things so you don't have to and that means we're gonna have to tell you things that happen yeah yeah and you know so you don't have to watch it if you don't want to but if you do want to and you're like shit i kind of want to watch seeking justice because that fucking trailer was so badass i'm betting it was (laughs) i mean like okay so here's your warning right we're gonna count down from three to one and then after that dude spoilers about three two one nicholas cage's wife is attacked pretty brutally after a symphony practice nicholas cage is approached by a stranger at the hospital afterwards and is basically propositioned with i'll fucking kill this dude for you or someone will kill this dude or take care of this dude for you but then you'll owe me a favor nick cage is like yeah cool i'll buy these candy bars and i'll have this taken care of but then they call in the favor, and it ends up being this whole fucking twisted plot where he accidentally kills a guy who thinks is a pedophile but is actually a journalist who is closing in on this group that Cage is doing the favors for because they're actually the bad guys who got out of control. In the end, all the bad guys get shot and killed. Nope, that's not true. These bad guys are buried deep in the city, and the conspiracy will never end. But Nicolas Cage and his lady, they're free. They're good to go. I feel like that covered maybe more than it needed to, but there you go. That's seeking justice. The hungry rabbit jumps. Yeah. I bet it would, too. If you're hungry, you got to get to the food. And if you're a rabbit, you got to jump. jump. You got to jump for that rabbit food. I mean, am I wrong? 
I don't, I don't think they do. They <laughs> I, think it, I think it depends on where the food's at. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure it's what if mouth it's level a, food. What if it's <laughs> in the tree? Like, lettuce doesn't grow from a tree. So like, if they're trying to eat lettuce what if or someone, cabbage or something out in the wild, it's just right in the ground. But what if someone, like, took it and I put it in the tree? Why would they do that? Because they're like, I want to see this rabbit jump. Well, then they're just being a dick to the rabbit. It would probably jump if it was hungry enough. Yeah. Oh, I don't know where they at. Is it grass? Would a rabbit just eat grass? Nah. What do you know about rabbits? <laughs> Is a hop and a jump the same thing? <laughs> hop, skip, and a jump. I, I think they're all variations on the same theme. I'd put them in the same family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a rabbit hops to its food. Doesn't jump. Well, that's I, I would in that case I would say a hop is a yeah. jump. Sure. Oh, that's right. for sure a jump. <laughs> Get a little ridiculous here. No, we got to break down the difference in a hop, skip, and a jump. I said I think we're talking the same family. It's variations on the same idea of taking your feet off the ground. Well, speaking of variations of the same idea, this is an action drama mystery movie. How are all, what? How are those variations on the same thing? There's all different things. Yeah, they're variations of a movie. <laughs> Yes, they are, and they're well represented Woo, here. Got it, hundred percent correct. Am I? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, this is also rated R for violence, language, and brief sexuality. Yep. Yep. It's all. It's all right. It's all correct. We're not going to say the other reason why it's rated R. What's the other reason? Well, we're going to have to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about it, but we'll get. We'll get. We'll to get it. there. We'll get to it. This movie, Seeking Justice, was released. Here in the United States, March 16th of 2012, debuting at number 27 for just under $250,000 in its limited release. How many fucking movies come out in a week for something to be number 27? Well, I mean, it just like that's where it fell on the list of all movies that were in theaters. So there was movies that have been out. For multiple theaters. Like, the only movie that was new that even made it into the top five movies that week was it, um, was 21 Jump Street. Which, okay, that motherfucker pulled in $36.3 million in that opening weekend, right? I'd never seen it back then. I tried to watch it on whatever it's streaming on now. I had to turn it off after, like, half an hour. I fucking hated it. I haven't watched it. Didn't really want to watch it. Haven't seen the second one either. How about you? You watched 21 Jump Street or 22 Jump Street? I know I saw the first one. I don't know about the second one. I just have no desire to see it. I'm saying it's not worth it. I mean, I don't know. You have a different taste in movies than me. You might really enjoy what they're bringing to the table on 21 Jump Street. It just didn't work for me. Didn't like it. Didn't like the pairing of Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill either. Mostly because I didn't like Jonah Hill in the role. I like Jonah Hill well enough, but I don't know. I didn't like it. I don't want to get into it. I don't like the idea of people who are obviously not supposed to be children playing okay. children well, no, that's part of the joke yeah. that they're going for in that movie like they're they're doing it on purpose it's not meant for you to believe they're high schoolers so i'll give them that but and that's not a reason i don't like it i just didn't like it well me. i'm sure they do it in a way that's pretty funny too but sure i i don't like it let's move on unless we're actually going to review it number two we've got the lorax week three still pulling in 22.7 million so it's like all these movies did far better than Seeking Justice. And also remember, this is at a, a limited release. So this wasn't a full theatrical release. Now, I've never seen The Lorax, but I've read the book before. Haven't read it, haven't seen it. Did you ever read any Dr. Seuss's again? Yeah. Some. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Yeah. Cat in the hat. <laughs> we should start listening to Dr. Seuss books. <laughs> I don't know if I could uh, green eggs and ham. 
I can't remember the it's Bartholomew and like the Thousand and One Hats or some shit like that. I really like that one. Yeah, I only knew like the, the my staples. Den- my dentist had like a couple dozen in his office, so I got to read a lot of Dr. Seuss. I don't think I ever owned any. I think I owned like a couple. I have like a Cthulhu book that's in the style of Dr. Seuss. Oh shit, really? Yeah. That's fucking cool. Number three. John Carter for $13.5 million in its second week. What's John Carter? It's a Disney movie. I know that. It was a book, I think. What is what? But what is it about? I don't know. I just know it's a Disney movie. It's like a sci-fi i I think it fucking flopped really hard you can check it out to their uh, expectations and i think it was supposed to be like a series check it out on the disney network no thank you but thank you no i watched it oh did you in the past few years but i don't really remember it it's not a good sign what do we got at number four project x i remember it don't remember seeing it but it made four million dollars in its third week was that about like a party or yeah, something? Yeah, like some party movie. I haven't watched it. Not me either. I remember the commercials for it. Yeah. Which that's all I have in my memory. And then Act of Valor in its fourth week for $3.7 million. What's that? Don't well, know anything about certain it. certain it's got to do with war. It sounds like something Nicolas Cage would be in. Obviously, it's not. It sounds like a Call of Duty game. Let's say it's Val Kilmer. Yeah, it could be Val Kilmer. It's probably not Val Kilmer it's in probably 2012. Not, but it could be. It'd be a weird movie if it did have Val Kilmer. Why? I mean, in 2012, I don't think he was really popping. Could be Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner flick, Act of Valor. That sounds actually really... Now I have to know. Now I got to know, because if you just... I don't think I've seen it. I know I haven't seen it. I'm going to say it's... Denzel Washington. Is that who's in it? No, I haven't gotten there yet. That's even bigger. I was like, damn, this is a big movie. How is it only making that much money? No, got to remember it's not no nobody nobody it's no it's got it's, it's gonna say nobody it's nobody big it's nobody the biggest guy I see is Emilio Rivera who I've seen play a Don't whole even bunch know of what that is well the guy he's been on a whole bunch of TV shows and shit yeah there's a bunch of like TV stars on that list yeah so no one that's great so which still like probably even once. Seeking Vengeance had a non-limited release. Act of Valor probably still did better because that was three point seven million on week four for Act of Valor. Oh yeah, I'll tell you right now, they didn't bring back in their estimated budget of seventeen million dollars because domestically this didn't even hit half a million, sitting at what like four hundred and eleven thousand. That's very bad for Seeking Justice. I mean, it killed it in all foreign lands but i mean nicholas cage does that right I overseas know, i don't know if we can say that it killed it in all foreign lands when it still didn't get its budget back comparatively well, okay yeah it did way better than domestically but th- a little over 13 million is still not great in foreign it's a little lands. over 13 and a half million oh. 13.6 million dollars oh okay still less than the 17 million estimated budget so i'm not going to give it too much credit well i mean like it only lost roughly three million dollars which is still quite a bit of money Studios are mad when movies don't make as much yeah. money as they want and they're still turning a profit. I don't think only losing a couple of million is like not a big deal. I mean, I'm not a studio, so I don't give a fuck. That's fair. I'm just saying if we're looking at it through the if we're going to talk about money, then we got to talk about it through the filter of why it matters. Otherwise, what's the point? Because yeah. stu- money is stupid. I'll go right now as JT Money say money's <laughs> dumb as fuck. You take that whatever way you want. So, the writer for this movie, the screenplay, uh, Robert Tannen, and director Roger Donaldson, they put out a fucking banger right here. I mean, 
I don't know if I'm going to use the word banger, but it was a good story. It was an interesting story. It kept me engaged. What I really liked about it is how everything came back. Like, the little things that they were doing throughout the movie, like when they took the kids' cell phones, when they would come into the school, like, hey, you bring your phone to school, you lost it. That's that's it, right? Like, it's gone. And, like, he uses it later. And, like, just everything comes back, I feel like. And it's just, I don't know. I really like that. I think everything that happened was so obvious that it kind of takes away from how nicely interwoven everything is. I won't disagree that everything kind of works its way into what happens throughout the story, but I think it all felt like I could tell it was going to. I knew that was going to come up later. Which, again, that's not a bad thing necessarily, but it also, like, takes away some of the... Like, I knew how this movie was going to play out. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I did. It was a good journey. I'm just saying, I didn't, there was no mystery for me. Johnny? What up? You uh, start off our uh, star actors. Oh, with Nicolas Cage? Yeah, the one true god. The one and only as Mr. Will Gerard, who is married to the fucking gorgeous January Jones, who played Laura Gerard. Macho man. Yeah. And then the dastardly guy or gee, depending on guy. where he's from, Pierce. No, I know. Uh, as Simon. Or Eugene Cook, as we find his name is actually so Eugene f- Cook. Listen, I'm sorry. If you're gonna if your name is Eugene and you get to pick a fake name afterwards, you pick Simon? <laughs> what are you fucking doing? Two nerd names. Simon says. He, he says a lot of things. And well, that's why they went with Simon, I'm sure. Yeah, that doesn't make it better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they never did say Simon says, which is good. Thankfully. And then we got Nick Cage's buddy. Harold Perrineau as Jimmy. And he's, just to point out right now, apparently... Turncoat son of a bitch. I was going to go with the principal of the school that Cage teaches at, and also turncoat son of a bitch. Uh, Then we also have Jennifer Carpenter as Trudy. You might know her from Dexter. Oh, that's I thought that's who she was. Did you guys watch New Blood? Did I already bring this up to you in private? Have not. Very good. Well no, worth watching. If you were a thing. fan, they, I think it came out a year or two ago. It was the limited series, or whatever, on Showtime. If you liked Dexter at any point in its actual run, even if you hated the ending, I highly recommend watching Dexter: New Blood. Then we have. Now we're getting into the people that are just kind of peripheral. This is a goon of Simon's, Iron, Irony Singleton. Is scar and this dude's had a big scar on his face. Yeah, I put him down because I recognized him from uh, The Walking Dead. Xander Berkeley as Lieutenant Durgan, who ends up being a pretty integral role. Yes, yes. And then the guys who I didn't necessarily know going uh, when I was writing the sheet, but uh, we have Marcus Lyle Brown as Detective Brown. And Joe Trest or Crest? What the fuck is it? A C H R E S T. As Detective Rudeski. 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 Yeah, when you're out on them slopes and you're acting like a dick. Yo, I got them Rudeskis, hey. Hey, you hoser. Yeah, hoser. Yeah. Chuck, do me a favor and give me that IMDb breakdown. All right, so what accent do you want it in? Dealer's choice. New Orleans. Give it a Cajun. I don't know if I can do Cajun. You can't do Australian either, or at least (laughs) you were really bad at it in the beginning. 
After his wife is assaulted, a husband enlists the services of a vigilante group to help him settle the score. Then he discovers they want a favor in return. Now that's a stupid fucking breakdown. Because before he even makes the deal, they tell him that they're going to want a favor. Oh, they say may want a favor. But yeah, you got to assume that there's going to be a favor coming in. If you're sitting in a fucking hospital while your wife has just been attacked and some strange dude in a suit comes up to you and says, I can take care of this guy for you, but I may need a favor in the future. Are you with the police? No, no, not at all. Okay, so you know what take care of means, or at least you better assume, and you know that may means definitely, and you know that favor is probably going to be something illegal. He was like, oh yeah, maybe drop off a letter somewhere. Maybe go by my game. Make a phone call, yeah. You're going to be fucked somehow. Like, I understand the impulse to do what Nick Cage does here, so I'm not saying it's implausible. Perfectly plausible someone would take this deal. I believe it. But you're dumb to do it because you know you're fucked too. Yeah, it's it's a you just gotta like fight the anger and avoid this. I don't know, but it gives a hell of a movie, basically. Afterwards, well, like the the whole movie opens up with Scar, like like this guy basically like escaping. It's not Scar. It's the black dude who kills him. Scar was the other dude who had a big scar on his face. I'm pretty sure. No, I think that's the guy. Well, then he had another goon who just had a gigantic scar on his face who didn't go by scar, (laughs) which is super fucking weird to me. (laughs) Well, first we see some guy in a suit on film, like, talking about some shit that could get him in trouble, and then it cuts to that guy being chased through a parking garage. Well, like, he's not necessarily being chased, but he's just, like, he feels like he's being chased, Like, like, someone's, like, behind him watching him. Like, he feels just super, like, paranoid, right? So he gets into his car, and he's all, like, fumbling around. I thought his car was just gonna blow up when he started it, like, straight gangster shit, right? But no, he's just all, like, he starts it, and he's like, all right, man, he, like, looks over his shoulder, and he sees the dude from The Walking Dead in his car, and he's just like... Hey, howdy, cowboy. And he's just like, oh, man, why is that guy looking at me? He's super paranoid, right? And he pulls out, and he's, like, about to leave the parking lot. And that's when Walking Dead just, bam, smashes into the back of his car and, like, starts pushing him over the edge. And it's like, oh, yeah, suicide. Dude, that guy's facial expression killed me, the guy in the truck. Because he was, like, baring his teeth. He was, like, clenching down, like, oh, yeah, I'm hitting this guy with my truck. Like, he was loving it. Everyone who was on that vigilante group loves killing people. They're all about it. Well, yeah, I mean, they all started probably because they wanted, you know, like they were sick of the injustice. We're gonna we'll get to all of that later because when we actually introduce, but they become straight villains. That's what I'm saying. They just love killing people. Where that is established right off the bat before we even know what the fuck is going on. Now, what I want to point is we kind of get this whole scene where we establish like who Nick Cage is, how him and his wife are totally devoted to each other, this kind of couple that other couples look at, and they're like, oh my God, you guys are so cute together. How did it happen? We're we're in love with you guys as a couple because you're so perfect. But I think that they do a great job of establishing right off the bat that this is a very important and special relationship. So when everything that happens afterwards from what happens to her on, I believe that those two have each other's back the way that they do. Yeah that they end up working with each other in a way that she's basically like, you got to handle this now, bro, and I'm not mad about it, so go handle it. Oh, also, I'm just going to show up and handle it too, bitch. I didn't really get that feeling from it. But I think it's mostly because I know January Jones from Mad Men, so 
I just see her as Betty Draper all the time. The only issue I had with her was right after, like, so, like, it, at some point, they jump ahead six months, right? And she's, like, she doesn't address what Nick Cage is doing as weird, even though she kind of, like, senses it's weird. So you can tell she starts sensing, well, they set up right off the bat that, uh, Will, who's Nick Cage's character, he plays shit safe all the time. He's in this chess game with his buddy Jimmy. And he ends up losing, and Jimmy's like, "Man, you just play too safe all the time." And we've seen him as a teacher. It's like establishing to his students in this fucking crime-ridden New Orleans, like you need to express your violence through your words, not through your actions. You need to be calm, irrational, pacifist, even like level-headed. He doesn't say these things, but basically like keep your cool yeah. chill so we know that this is just not the kind of situation that he's used to being in when while that chess game is happening his wife laura leaves symphony practice and some scumbag attacks and rapes her in her car yeah and here's so before we watch this movie i read the description of what it was and i was like oh shit great it's a rape revenge and i don't like watching those because oftentimes the rape scenes in them are graphic, and I hate. And they watching. spend a lot of time on them, right? And I hate watching that kind of shit. I'm not interested in it. This movie does not glorify that violence in any way. It does not dwell on it. They establish that it's bad. They do acknowledge that she's raped, but they could have not said that, and you wouldn't even necessarily known if she was or not. You could have, because they heavily implied it, but they could have not said it and just made the viewer decide. Well, th- well, they show her in the hospital bed afterwards, and he beat the fuck out of her, too. It's yeah. not just, like, the rape part of it. He actually legitimately beat her, too. She's all fucked up. So, like, it was bad no matter what. But I'm just I'm just glad it wasn't the kind of movie that dwelled on that violence. It was more like, okay, what are we going to do with that after it happens? It was more just kind of to set up the entire scope uh, and story of the rest of the movie. Which is also nice to see that by the end... Laura has a hand in her own revenge, and it's not just Nick Cage who yeah. sets out to be a superhero. Like she almost, no, well, she definitely saves the day at the end. Oh, like, most that's, definitely. That's that's good to see, but most of it is Nick Cage fumbling his way through, trying to seek vengeance for his wife because he's not good at this. All this happens to Nick, or all this happens to his wife, and and he when he leaves this chess game he's like oh shit i got all these fucking missed calls right so he's got like seven missed missed calls or seven messages so he ends up rushing to the hospital well that's when the the scene the scene we described already where dude approaches him yeah and he's like if you want to do this go upstairs and buy two of this forever candy bar so nick cage goes up and does it and there's like a weird dude that ends up being one of the goons that's sitting in there watching there's a cop in there who's watching ends up talking to cage about it and you're like well immediately i'm thinking well is the cop in on this too like obviously and they sell it like the cop yeah might be in on it and maybe they are we don't really see that cop later they could still be in on it from what we find out later it's true because he was smiling dude he was real happy to see nick cage buying those candy bars well I, so the thing that throws me off about this whole encounter is like i get it that like nick cage is like he's dealing with this whole situation right so he's not thinking clearly in all this but this guy just comes in he knows everything about this situation and then when he is asked if he's like with the police he's just like oh no i'm not i'm not police i'm just you know a private citizen looking to you know like we're just seeking justice and dude i'm all like 
in my head, I'm like, right there, I'm like, you're just a private citizen, yet you know everything about this, and like you know exactly what happened. You know where the bad guy is at? Well, that's the thing. You have to assume if someone was coming up and telling you that they might not be the police, but they're obviously connected. Otherwise, how could they know any well, of it? Yeah. And it's just like, God, I feel like there's a lot of red flags that get risen... The, the red flag is when he comes up and offers to off the dude who just attacked your wife. Like, well, that yeah. right there alone is the red flag. I know, flag. but, like, there's red flags leading to that, to where I'm just like, I don't know if I'd be able... Like, even if this is what you wanted to do, I don't know if I would want to pursue it through this avenue. Because what if this dude was an undercover cop? He could have been yeah. an undercover cop and be like, oh, got you for a conspiracy to commit murder. Ah, uh, but I think you can't entrap someone like that either. Oh, I don't know I don't if you know. could, like, they'd have to solicit a hitman and then you could step in. I don't think you could just come in and be like, oh, hey, over here, I could be a hitman for you. I don't think you can do that to someone. I think that would be entrapment. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I am. Remember, I'm the smart one here at 50 Randy Quays, which means I'm a lawyer, a doctor, and a dentist. You want to go toe-to-toe on bird law? I don't do birds. And they have <laughs> claws, not toes. It ends up happening. They take care of dude, right? Like, Nick Cage does it, and they send out some other guy who shows up at the attacker's home, and you can tell he's nervous as fuck about being Yeah, there. he's not a stone-cold killer. And immediately, that red another red flag goes up when you're watching, like... There's something fishy going on. This guy obviously had a favor done because he says in the scene, too, my wife was murdered three months ago. And you're like, you raped a woman tonight. And the guy's like, what, are you the husband? And he's like, nah. Right. So he ends up like he kind of, oh, he almost botches it. But he ends up shooting Nicholas Cage's wife's attacker in the head. And then, I don't know, maybe a couple more times. Don't oh, remember. he dips out of this weird window that goes all the way to the ground. I've never seen windows like that. I've seen them in New Orleans. Oh, that's fucking weird. I don't like that. So they end up putting Nicolas Cage onto, like, the trail of some guy that they spin to him is, like, a facilitator of child sex trafficking shit. Like, he facilitates videos being made. Oh, so this is, yeah, so this is where we have that big six months, uh, like, jump in time. So, like, we can see that his wife is adjusting to you know like being at home because like they kept on hammering it at home like uh she's like hey you know can you make sure the door's locked and everything like that every time they come in and out of the house door's always getting locked well she gets a gun too even though he doesn't want her to even before the six month jump they go home and she's like i want new locks i want bars on the windows which i'm like the bars on the windows that's a little much but then they do the six month jump and then she's like i want a gun i'm like you didn't want a gun the day after you got the fuck home. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, she might have wanted the gun and gotten the gun before the six months. No, it's after. Because, like, that was one of the first things that they do. She's like, hey, I want a gun. And then he's like, man, I don't know. He's like, he's like, can't have, I don't want a gun in this house. Well, she does it anyway. And the, like, the very next scene, she's all like, she's at the shooting range fucking popping rounds. and So he's out there. He's got to do favors. They end up, essentially, they send him to the zoo to either tail a woman and her two young daughters or this guy that they say is a pedophile and like if he sees the guy to like follow him well i think they they said if the, no if the guy shows up the, the you, you have to call this number and, and say like the hungry rabbit jumps and if the woman and her daughter show up just follow them instead what did you mention about the letter 
he they gave him a letter. I don't well, yeah, I mean that's the beginning of it though. Like he thought it was one small favor. He says, "Oh yeah, he says, take this true. to the zoo at four fifteen and drop it in the mailbox." So when he gets there, he before he puts it in the mailbox, he gets a call on his cell phone saying, "Open the letter." Well, like it's it's a whole bunch of like games kind of leading up to that too, because like. You know, like six months have gone by. He hasn't thought anything about this. And then him and his wife are playing pool at some pool hall with uh, the turncoat and uh, Trudy. And he gets the phone call and, you know, he goes outside and, and they're like, oh, go to this store, buy a pack of gum, then go out the back exit. He goes out the back exit. Then he has to sit in the guy's car and then, you know, does all this shit. It's just like a long, like theatrical I think it's relevant for the suspense for, like, I just need to drop this letter off. And they're like, oh, no, open it. And now we want you to fucking follow these people. Well, the nice thing is they bring it back later, too, because in the end, when Cage has kind of flipped the tables, he just kind of runs them through a whole bunch of bullshit. Like, do this thing. Well, I thought it was really cool they did that. So it ends up getting to the point after he's followed this guy, he's followed this woman, he's done all this. They're like, okay, essentially, you're going to go, this guy right here, he gets off, you're going to. Your car is going to be taken out of commission. You have to take the bus to work. You're going to get off at this stop. And that guy always gets off at this stop. And then you're going to fucking kill him here, basically. The cameras will be taken out, though, so no one will see it. Don't worry about it. You're going to do the world a favor by killing a pedophile. Wait, wasn't his car out of commission? Because this is when he, like, refused to do it. Well, he wasn't going to do it. He had gone out yeah, to do it one time. Yeah, and that's why they slashed his tires, out. right? No, no. They slashed his tires because they're like, hey, you're going to have an issue with your car. Oh, he didn't say what the issue was going to be. Because his wife was already, like you said earlier, his wife has been suspended the whole time she's noticing things she's asking questions with like a cocked eye like what are you doing simon specifically said do not tell anybody simon said there you go so but she's getting curious about it but he had, but he does end up backing out on doing it and they're like no here's how it's going to play out they slash the tires on his car which is curious to laura she's like why would that happen to us both yeah. tires slashed on one side that doesn't happen but anyway he ends up meeting on the walkway with this guy whose name ends up being Alan Marsh, right? But he's not going to kill him. He's trying to stop and like talk to him and be like, yo, Alan Marsh, at least it seems like no, well, let's have a conversation real quick. He didn't call him Alan Marsh. He calls him that. a different name because that's what he was led to believe. But well, Alan's, it doesn't matter what he would have said because he's been researching and involved with this vigilante group. So he just thinks this guy's here to kill him, period. So he immediately, yeah. like, he throws his bike at his face. They kind of scuffle a little bit. And in trying to attack Nick Cage, he goes over the railing, hits a car, and is, I'm guessing, immediately fucking killed. Yeah. So the murder was done, whether it was a murder or not, which comes up later. So Nick goes back home. And he's like freaking out and he's like running around looking for something. So I think. before all that happens, he he doesn't go through with it the first time. And then he tells Simon to fuck off. And then Simon shows up at his school and he's like, you fucking show up at my school. What the fuck is wrong with you? You don't fucking show up here. And he's like, hey, oh, he he's also like, showed up. He also showed up at a dinner that they went out to that one night. Well, yeah, and basically said yeah, that was creepy. Well, the, like as far as Nick Cage, I'll kill your wife through the context because yeah, she wasn't going to pick up on it. The way he said it was basically like, you're going to need to take care of this dude or your wife's going to be dead. Choose. And then someone breaks into his apartment twice. Once before they're there, and then once while he steps out, and Laura is still inside. Yeah, and she's all like, oh, where have you been? Like, I thought I heard you moving around. And he's all like, oh, dude, what the fuck, dude? Because oh, like chews back on the fridge yeah. and the magnets. Dude, oh, that's yeah, that fucking, fucking crazy. That's creepy as 
fuck. So that's that right after that when he gets put on the choose spot. That's when the altercation at the bus stop happens on the overpass. Well, and like he and even has goes over. He even has a little interca- or altercation where he's sitting in his car, uh, like trying to call Simon on his phone, and like someone comes up to him and is all like taps the glass and is like, "Hey, man, like your car is like tire slash," and like Nick Cage freaks out on him, understandably because like dude, he doesn't know who he can trust even at this point, right? Like who is a part of this group and who isn't a part of this group? I don't even think he realizes it stretches that deep yet because he hasn't gone to the cop shop and seen that someone's really gonna help him out. Uh, but meanwhile, while all this is going on, Laura's dealing with AAA about the slash tires, and she goes to grab something out of the glove box and finds the necklace that Nicolas Cage had given her very recently before the attack and was stolen from her by her attacker, and she knew it was stolen from her. And somehow Nick Cage has it in his possession right now? She's like, no, what the fuck is really going on now? Like, yeah, that's like at the same time that he's killed. Yep. Like, that, uh, not, he didn't kill uh, Alan Marsh, but when Alan Marsh inadvertently died and then simon's all like hey you know like have a nice life you did you, you know f- fulfilled everything cool cool beans you're done so cage goes to school and he's still freaking out about this shit though so he's had this problem student we've seen so far throughout the whole movie who just always disrespecting him and being a dick on the phone and stuff and he starts a fight with some other kid or about to start it cage jumps in and the kid is like get your hands off me drops a hard f on him and then nick cage punches him right in the face oh he swung at him first though did he swing the at kid him? swung at okay. him first well he still dropped a hard f on him on top of it i didn't remember him swinging at yeah, him he but swung way, he swung nick cage ducked and then he popped him and nick cage sits down with his buddy jimmy who's like you know this is a minimum of three weeks suspension right you can't hit a student yeah yeah and uh and then when he leaves there that's when january jones confronts him about the jewelry and he's all like dude i can't tell you where i got it oh it's not even can't he says i won't explain to you yeah i won't do it (laughs) i was like oh okay well i guess you're really sticking to that don't tell anyone about this thing well he just doesn't want her to die and i don't think he understands that whether he tells her or not she's going to be a target for them if he doesn't do what they say well yeah he doesn't seem to be understanding it but he also doesn't know how he doesn't know how run how far run it you know how how deep it runs too though because like he then this is when he gets arrested and he's like dude am i getting arrested for punching that student well laura left first didn't she like she's like yeah she's gone taken off and that's when the cops come in and they seem like they're shady cops it turns out they're not in on it no they didn't they yeah they didn't seem like they were in on it they just some seemed like they were good nolens cops so we take him to the cop shop and they're like bro what up you killed this investigative journalist named alan marsh he wasn't a pedophile he worked for the new york or the new orleans post or gazette or some shit like that and he was just he got into some some shit and now you just killed him uh and we have this footage of him like you say you don't know this guy we have footage from his cell phone and he was filming you at the zoo what's up with that dog why would this dude be filming you at the zoo and that is a pretty fucking weird thing to have to explain when the dude went over the overpass it's the whole call does he run because fuck nobody probably saw me or just fucking call the cops be like hey this is what happened i didn't fucking kill anybody but then like with us finding that the cops are in on it who knows what would happen if he did that i mean you'd even have to ask like what would simon and his group do if they found out that he did afterwards like what i'm sure they're not going to be happy about it well the guy's still dead though sure yeah that's true yeah i i feel like he could have just 
called the cops probably there and just been like, hey, this is what happened. Like, check the security cameras. Like, it'll clear me. Oh, they do check the security cameras, and they kind of leave an inconclusive but not great for Nicolas Cage picture behind of him kind of hurriedly making his way to the scene of the incident well, that was just running away from it afterwards that so was just if you're looking at if you're an investigator and you see that like it's not conclusive but exactly. i'm gonna go it's not enough to fucking put me in cuffs yeah oh it's enough to bring you in for questioning like no, maybe yeah, absolutely. yeah but they never booked him and like no, even didn't. even the lieutenant like made like when we're not charging you with when nick's either. like well, that's- nick's like i want a lawyer and he's like you haven't been charged with anything then why am i here for questioning well, he can leave at any time until they charge him. Right. But most people sit down and cooperate with the police because most yeah. people are dumb. And it's easy ah. in a moment like that to be coerced into being cooperative, too. They don't even have to be nefarious. People are just in a situation. They go, what's the police? I should probably. I fucked myself with that one time. But oh, yeah. I think we all have, right? Like, don't they trust arrested the police. him. They can't arrest you unless they're charging you. Picked they him up so- and said, we're arresting you for the murder of Aaron Marsh. And then they told him when he was there that they weren't charging him. So the, I, let's say this though: the lieutenant, oh well, yeah, who was in I know, I get that. Yeah, they yeah. were charging him. So maybe they were charging him, and because they even saying, had him cuffed sitting there, he was cuffed to the table. Yeah, it was probably that the detectives were trying to arrest him, and the lieutenants are like, "Nah, man, like here's the deal. Like this is when the lieutenants also I'm changing like, the paperwork around. We're not charging you. Those dudes were going to charge you. They were officially charging you, but yeah, like scenes like this start to get me fired up because. I'm all about people's rights. And I'm not all about people's rights, but when you're like lawyer, it's like get I said lawyer, get the fuck away from me. Like, yeah. But that's when like the lieutenant's all like, Hey, here's the deal. This is what's gonna happen. Like, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna unlock your He's asking him these questions, yeah. Like, what's your favorite color? These stupid questions, and then he says The hungry rabbit. Yeah, the hungry rabbit. And, and he, so Cage Cage goes, Jumps? And the dude's like Okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get you out of here. He unlocks his cuffs. Fucking, he's like, you just got, it's on you to escape now. Like, I'm not going to walk you out of the building, but I'm giving you a window to sneak out of this motherfucker. That's on you. Yeah, he's like, he's like, all right, five seconds after I leave, you leave. You got a window. If not, you're going to end up hung up and you're, you know, you're going to, you're going to end up dying here. Yeah, he said, you're not going to last the night. They'll kill you. Right. So he gets out of there. He sneaks off. He ends up coordinating while he's on the run for a while. He makes places a call to, I think, Trudy, who then passes on a message to to Laura. And they meet up at where she practices her symphony. And he explains to her what the fuck is going on. Yeah, like he went back to the school. He picked up the burner phones from when, uh, like, the students are coming into his school. And, Mm -hmm. like, they confiscate the phones and stuff like that. So, like... That was one of the cool things that they brought back here. And well, just he, like, well, he runs into the kid and a couple other kids, too. They're in the school, like, graffitiing it. And they basically are like, I didn't see you. You didn't see yeah, me. Yeah, he's like, hey, you're not supposed to be here, are you? And he's like, yeah, either. He's like, I thought you got picked up by the cops or something. What was that for? For hitting a student? <laughs> and the kid's like, nah, attempted murder. And all of them were like, oh, shit. Well, we got to go, dude. <laughs> we didn't see you at all. <laughs> and he's like, you didn't see us. We didn't see you. And he's like, yep, peace out. So while he meets up with his wife and then they quickly separate, he picks up her gun. She hands him her gun. And cash. And some cash because dude's got to have some cash to get around and do some things, right? But now he's got a gun on him, too. Uh, she's got mace. We can't forget that she's got yeah, mace. Yeah, she's got when the pepper spray. picking up shit earlier. Like, she's all about that self-protection after that. So she's stocked up and ready to go. 
Now, Will does something real ballsy here, Mr. Cage, and he goes to the wake that is apparently at, at, at a bar for the the journalist that he was involved in the attack. Yeah, that was insane. I get it. That was backs up against the wall in a situation where he needs answers very quickly. You kind of got to get to the heart of it, and he does. He goes right to this wake. He steals the dude's identification badge from the newspaper from like this little shrine they built to Yeah. Him. So now he's got that, and you're like, oh, well, that's definitely going to come back into play later. Yeah, he's obviously going to go try to go to his place of employment see about anything like that but they tell him like as they're drinking and shit like that they're like all right so old boy alan marsh was all like into conspiracies right like he had gotten super paranoid recently is what they were saying like to the point where he was difficult to deal with yeah and and they're like he's like even like he's like he told everybody about it and then he like even hid his uh all of his you know quote-unquote research that he had on this is like we just kind of think he was just going crazy i mean like he he had an issue where one of his sources was murdered or committed suicide and ever since then he had just never been the same and meanwhile the bartender picks up the phone and makes a little phone call and we just assume she's there part of the network ratting out nick cage yeah then while he's talking to the the colleagues and friends of alan marsh they're like they basically come to the clu- conclusion of you're a cop and you're lying to us about not being a cop pretending you had met and were friends with alan so why don't you fuck off you've asked us enough and we've told you enough yeah and before that they dropped the biggest bomb of them all telling nick cage that the boy aaron marsh was a fucking alien oh yeah they did he say was, it was an alien he was an alien at least he thought he was an alien. I mean, it's technically possible he was like an alien and just, just from another then, country. Will looks over and he sees two of Simon's goons in the bar and he's like, oh shit, and fucking just runs out the back of the building. Yeah, and then this is where they're chasing him. Well, Simon's just outside and he's gotten out of the car and he's like, Nick, baby, we just want to talk. That's it. We just want to sit down and have a conversation. And Cage is like trucking it. He's just running and running and running. And then he's going across like highways and shit. And I was like, this is overpasses. I was like, this is better than Drive Angry's all of their scenes. This this one scene was better. This is like after he's done like five shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were drinking hard at the bar. Because that bar was killing me, too. I'm like, how much of this information is he going to retain when he's sitting here doing fucking shots? All of it, apparently. But hold on, let's bring up, though, there is a scene where he's trying to escape because they all end up on foot chasing him, basically. Two of the guys have guns that are just firing off right here. Yeah, he climbs under that overpass thing. But there's the one part where he almost gets hit by that truck. Oh, that was awesome. But the CGI on it was shit. It was still badass. God awful. It was better than Drive Angry. I hated it. It was so I didn't even notice it because I was just like, Oh. No, yeah, I, I mean, like, I noticed it, but, like, I didn't care because it was so badass. It felt, the whole moment, even if it was great graphics, felt out of place for the whole rest of the movie. It did, it it was, did feel out of place. Because I remember you texted me or whatever after you watched the trailer and said, you said this felt very action-heavy. And there is action in it, but I would not describe it as an action movie first. The trailer made it seem action-heavy. Which is fair, I understand. And there's enough in there to warrant calling it an action movie, but that particular scene with the truck almost hitting him just felt like a... It felt way more like a stereotypical action movie scene than the rest of the movie does. I would agree with that. It just felt out of place to me and looked bad on top of it. 
but it was still part of a really cool chase scene where he's jumping over well, barbed because wire like yeah he gets across a couple of lanes but the walking dead guy tyrese from walking dead does not make it oh, across yeah, that's right because oh, dragged by that fucking truck that was awesome yeah that was fucking brutal man yeah that was a rough death getting hit by a pickup truck and then just dragged down the highway oh I think there would have been a trail of blood there, though. But. Bad graphics. They didn't think it all the way through. Probably would have been some blood. In the meantime, the guy who I remember having an actual gigantic scar on his face shows up where Laura is and is like, we've had some breaking information in your husband's case that could prove him innocent, but we need your help. We need you to come down to the station with us so we could take care of it. And she's like... Oh, shit, yeah, no problem. Cool, 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 cool. But as soon as she sits down in the car, not a moment after she closes that door, well, she, the look on her face is... Well, no, because oh, she, she says something, and the guy in the front seat's like, what? And she's like, all right, well... Because she says something about like going down to the station, and the guy yeah, in the front says, seat... what's this new evidence? And the driver's like, what? And then the dude in the back seat's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll show you when we get to the station. So they drive around for a bit, and when they get to a stop, she pulls that mace out, she hits them both up, and successfully fucking runs away. Yeah, it was pretty dope. I'm like, all right, all right, where the fuck is she going to go? Checks into some hotel, La La Fetite, or some French shit. Uh-huh. Exactly. But she's off the grid now, as far as we know. There's only a handful of people who may be able to tell you where she could possibly be. But she's checked into this place, and we don't see her for a minute. And at some point, Jimmy goes over to Trudy's and asks her where thinks that January Jones might have gone. Yeah, that's, that's later. That's yeah. way later on down the road, but we'll get to that. Right now, we got Will breaking in to the newspaper building. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes in, and he's all over. He gets inside with this fucking identification card and sees that the newest copy of the newspaper has his face on front of it saying, wanted for murder. And he's like, oh, shit. So he keeps his face down low somehow and sneaks through the whole building and gets up to Alan Marsh's desk, starts rifling through all of his shit. And that's when the one lady, she's all like, Oh, like, would the second word and a hyphenated word be capitalized? And that's when Nick Cage just uses all of his, like, I'm a teacher knowledge to spit out the correct answer. And she's like, oh, cool. And then she looks up. She's like, is this motherfucker at Alan Mar- or Marsha's desk rifling through all of his shit? Well, he steals a bunch of notes and takes off. So by the time she goes and talks to security and is like, there's some dude at Alan Martian's desk. He's gone. He's in the wind. And he goes to some fucking... Martian. Marsh. Oh, look at this guy putting the pieces together. Now, that's how a conspiracy theorist Connecting it. Synchronicities, baby. So Will goes to this fancy hotel that I think he gets a a lead on from these notes or whatever. No, no, he's just looking to... He needs a coat and he needs a car. So he just goes into this hotel, goes into the cloakroom, steals a coat, pulls the valet number out of it, and someone brings him a dope-ass caddy SUV. thing was so nice. Just bumping some hip-hop, like, ready to go. So now he's got his wheels for the night. Like, he just stole someone's fucking car. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you do in that situation when otherwise you're dead. Yeah. Sorry, I need your Cadillac for the evening. (laughs) Hopefully you get it back in one piece. Yeah, he ends up... uh like taking his evidence or not evidence i guess uh his receipts they all lead him to the same like uh gas station right so he goes out there he checks it out and the guy like he tips the guy like 60 bucks to like kind of let him know like what the fuck alan marsh has been doing out here uh, apparently he rented some uh like storage unit behind the gas station 
and he's like man i don't have keys to it but he's like i did see someone back their truck into it accidentally and uh i just you know weak walls so was able to get right in so that's what cage does he goes bust down the door searches the boat and finds this lock box that he busts into and sees like some cds and some other shit and he's like i'm gonna grab that in the meantime the attendant at the gas station has gotten the newspaper delivered sees cage's face on the cover and goes oh fuck and calls the police in yeah so when cage is busting out of the unit the cops are pulling right up so cage's like oh shit i gotta go yeah when that happened i was like come on man this guy just tipped you 60 bucks don't be calling the cops and i was like yeah well. yeah i'd probably call the cops <laughs> that realistically. Like, yeah realistically probably should call the cops but i, I was know, i was knows. rooting for nick we know the whole story man we're not that gas station attendant uh so there's this whole chase that goes down and cage ends up like disappearing and gets away but a cop almost dies but nick cage does stop and he was gonna go and help him and they saw that the guy was moving getting out of the car and that's when he gets fuck out i of think there. he was just making sure he wasn't dead that's i don't think exactly he was gonna go I help think. him yeah. no i think he was like if he was dead i gotta stay here and probably atone for that but if he's okay i'm getting the fuck out of here like, well i mean if he was trapped and he like moving around and he couldn't get out i'm sure he would have gone and helped him I don't think he would have stuck around long enough to see if that was the situation. I think you just need to see him moving. Yeah, I think if he was trapped, he wouldn't have given a shit. I just didn't want him to be dead. Someone will find that cop eventually if he's still alive and okay. If he's dead now, maybe I should call 911 or go try and help him myself or whatever. I don't know. I think the whole point was to show that Nick Cage wasn't just a ruthless cop killer now. Yeah, he's just not all of a sudden a bad guy. Right. Uh, But he gets away and he goes and parks in this alley and he puts one of the CDs in and it's like a photo file thing. And he sees a whole bunch of, like, the goons that we've seen already. And then he sees a video of the lawyer we saw at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And this is him giving his confession about this group to Alan Marsh. The thing that got him killed at the beginning of the movie. Uh, And he's like, basically, it's this vigilante group that just went off the rails. It made sense in the beginning. We were trying to clean up our city and make it better. But then Simon and all of his buddies and the people above him just became way more power hungry. And they just started killing people because they were in the way, not because they were bad people. And I can't stand for it anymore. I got to get out of it. But then someone like moves in the background of the interview and he freaks out and he goes, this is wrong. Yeah, I think he like hears a chair, somebody drag a chair. Something that makes him just go, someone's here listening. They've heard what I've said, and now I'm fucked. I need to take off. Well, yeah, he's just everybody that is associated with this group in any sort of sense, unless they're, like, super deep up in it, is just, like, super paranoid and being like, everybody's a part of it, or everybody could be a part of it. I don't know who is and isn't a part of this. But here's the thing, because he backs out of that folder and goes to this next one that's entitled, Who Are These People? And it's Simon meeting with Jimmy handing him an envelope and that's when cage's world is fucking turned upside down he's like my boy my main boy oh yeah that's when i wrote i wrote what a twist well will gets right down to business because again once the fucking once the worm turns on him he's like i got x amount of time i can't fuck around he goes straight to jimmy's house gun out and he's like what the fuck is going on here you working for these people what's going on what do you know about all this and Jimmy's been a part of it for 15 years. Yeah, so he's like, know. he's like, yeah, dude, my brother was killed. He's like, I just felt like this was a great thing to do. He's like, you know, we're cleaning up the trash, man. When the when that guy raped January Jones, I was like, man, fuck this guy. We need to kill him. Well, so think about it, though. If he's been involved for 15 years, how long does that group go back? And if they have to keep doing what they're doing for that long and even longer, are they really doing anything at all? 
if the crime is still there and they've been going at it for 15 plus years, like what good are they really doing? And obviously not much. I mean, I, I'm sure they're just trying to like be murderers themselves and control. Everything. Yeah, they're just trying to be crime lords. They're Nonsense. covering their own tracks. That's exactly what it comes down to. When you start committing crimes like that, you got to make sure your own ass is covered. And yeah. Incidental things happen and innocent people get caught up in your bullshit and now you're killing them too to cover your ass and now you're not any more innocent than anyone else. Well, it's was. like speaking of innocent people, right? Like the very next, like when he leaves Jimmy's house, he picks up a tail and well, he, we also find like it's heavily implied here that he gets Simon's real name. They don't show it. We don't hear it ourselves. But when he walks out, you know that he knows who Simon really is now because yeah. Jimmy knew. But yeah, then he picks up a tail. So he picks up a tail and he ends up getting so this guy because like the guy comes up and Nick Cage just like basically punches this dude in the face and like gets him down on the ground and he's just wailing at him and he's like he's like like what like who are you and he's like, you're you're a pedophile or no he says I'm here to kill you well he says he's like the rabbit or the hungry rabbit and or the hungry rabbit jumps and the guy's like wait you're in on it too well, yeah he definitely confuses him with that and then he fucking but he, i think even before he says that he's like you're a pedophile and i'm here to kill you yeah he's just like oh i see what's going on here so that's when he says the the catchphrase of the group and then beats the dude up and doesn't yeah. take his gun with him though which i think is the smart maneuver because who knows where that game gun came from you don't want to be tied to a gun that isn't yours leaves the gun behind it because first i was like why not grab another weapon i thought they're probably smart to not. That might be a dirty weapon that was going to set this guy up for something totally different than this murder or more murders than this murder. But you can't trust these people. You can't trust anyone. And that's where I was like, oh, man. So, like, they're just setting up people that they've used and people that have burned them or something like that. Maybe even just setting up people who didn't burn them, who they're just like could burn them in the future. Exactly. It's like, well, we don't know if they're going to stay silent. So let's just kill them now. And we know they'll be silent. But Will does grab the dude's cell phone, so he's got a form of communication again because he dropped what he had when he was in that chase earlier. Yeah. And this is when he actually texts. He calls um, Simon, and then he also texts him. He's like, hey, he's like, I got proof that y'all motherfuckers have been doing this shit. Meet me at the Superdome, 5 p.m. It's going down. It's a monster truck rally. Fuck yeah. I'm going to fucking give you what you want. You're going to give me what I want, and we're going to call it a day. And Simon's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Sure, you got it buddy he meets him there and then that's when nick cage kind of runs him through all the fucking but this simon says bullshit right here is where jimmy shows up at trudy's okay so this is where jimmy shows up at trudy's and he's like listen trudy you're best friends with laura where where could she possibly be at and Trudy's like i don't know man i don't know jimmy's like no baby girl please you gotta think about it and she's like oh now that i've thought about it there could be this one place and of course it's the one place yeah and so Jimmy shows up there. He's all like, hey, you know, Nick really needs you. And January is all like, wait, what? Oh, my God, no. And then Jimmy brings her and gets her. A goon no, jumps yeah, out and snags her. Out. Yeah. Ah, okay, goons. Yeah, some goons jump out. Like, Jimmy looks, like, surprised at how it goes down, but he knows what's going to go down, obviously. They should have killed me, the fucking Jimmy, because I just keep thinking about Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, I just keep on thinking of Jimmy, Jimmy Hughes. So Simon shows up at the Superdome. <laughs> And he's following the directions because Cage calls him. He's like, yo, head to the head to the concourse. Get on the concourse. Go to the men's room. Take a leak. Go to the hot dog stand. Buy a hot dog. Enjoy the hot dog. <laughs> this shit was killing me. It was like, go to the bathroom. 
All right, take a leak. <laughs> it's just so funny because he's clearly fucking with him. And I'm like, all right, there's a little bit of humor got snuck in here. At least I thought it was funny right here at the end. We take a leak, buy a hot dog, enjoy the hot dog. Like, But then he steps out and they meet up and they talk. And Simon's basically like, you thought you had the upper hand. You don't have the upper hand. I've got your fucking wife in this empty mall over here. Let's head over there and have a conversation. Do you have all that shit on you? And Cage's like, no, I don't have anything on me. Well, we find out that's not true. Yeah, because they go over to this fucking abandoned mall. Abandoned mall that I guess has been abandoned since the hurricane, right? Katrina. Katrina. Yeah. Which at this point I think would have been like six years prior. And that's when Nick Cage finds out that. Oh no, that's not when he finds out. But this is when he's a like he's like, why the fuck is Jimmy here? All, like all the goons are there. Jimmy's there. Simon's there. Like everyone from Simon down in the operation is in this mall right now. It seems like, or everyone that's involved in this particular... That's when Simon's all like, all right, here's the thing. Both you guys got to die. Like, I'm going to kill you both because, you know, I just... I can't be leaving these loose ends. Well, this is after he got the disc from Nick Cage. Oh, yeah, they had like six guns pointed on him, and he just fucking rifled through his pockets and pulled the disc out. He's like, that's all I needed. Now you can die. And he's just walking away. Cage is like, you're insane. See, this is the part. This is the biggest BMI bonnet about this movie. I fucking hate it All right, so you got it much. Too. I'm with you. I don't want the villain to give me a soliloquy about why he's doing what he's doing. If this guy's gonna die anyway, why doesn't he do explain himself to him? Shut the fuck up. Just a classic villain fucking, thing. That's why I hate it. That's well, I dumb. thought for a split second, it split my mind that he found out his real name. Maybe he dug up something on him. And found out maybe he did have like mental health issues or something, and that's why he went into this tirade. But that was not it no, at all. No, they didn't go that way either. Because he could have just walked the fuck away, and they would have both died. Yep. But- I think the only thing for it was because it it just gave Jimmy a, a, a more time to realize. All right, I'm having a change of heart i'm no. not killing my friends over what, this. what it is is in real life practical exposition to explain to an audience that you think is too stupid to understand what happened what just happened it's like no bro we get it we all just watched this movie we know <laughs> we we have all been here because they never gave us any inkling that fucking guy pierce's character that that would have set him off no not at all he was very level-headed and professional in terms of what he was doing in his world the entire movie. Yeah. So for at, at the finish line for this is insane to make him go on a fucking villain tirade for what felt like two minutes it just felt really out of place. And it leads to his demise, essentially. Yeah. And it's JJ who ends up saving Nick because like after him and so like, well, Jim- Jimmy is the one who starts it all off by being like, no, nah, dude, this is bullshit. I can't have this go down. And he's all like, Nick! And he fucking, boom, he blows the one dude's head off. Well, Simon gave the go-ahead and started walking away again, but before the goon could shoot January, he pushes her out of the way and shoots the goon in the head. Yeah. So Simon still set it off, but Jimmy made the move to, like, I'm turning face on you now. And Jimmy, like, explains his reasoning was it wasn't supposed to turn into what it is now the same thing as the lawyer yeah. this went further than i thought like bitch when murder is the reason it's always going to go to murder yeah, exactly you should have known you should have known and you've known for way longer than 15 years what this really was like i have no sympathy for jimmy when i found out he was a bad guy i was like this motherfucker is just as guilty as anyone else even that's if they what i was saying i was like this motherfucker's a turncoat like fuck this guy 
Well, this whole battle ensues. Jimmy ends up getting killed. Ends up like Simon's attacking Laura, and then Cage shows up, and he's about to like murder Simon. But Laura's like, "No, Jimmy, don't do or no, not Jimmy." <laughs> no will don't do it and so he stops but that gives simon an opportunity and they end up going like over the edge of like this break in the railing on the top floor and they crash to the ground below and that's when like the gun is right there and simon like goes and grabs it and he's like about to kill him and boom january just steps out and she's like bam 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 not my month bitch no that's not what she said but well, they're hobbling out of there after getting fucked up. And who walks in but good old Lieutenant Durgan. And he's basically like, Eugene and all these other They all killed each other. I don't know who y'all are. I didn't see yeah, he's like, at all. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, seems to me that Jimmy. Because uh, he's like, he's like, oh, who killed Simon? And Nick's like, I did. I killed Simon. Because he's, again, protecting his wife. And. Jurgen's like, nah. He's like, nah. He's like, I'm pretty sure that Jimmy did. And he's like, well, then how did Jimmy die? And he's like, he's like, well, Eugene killed him. <laughs> uh, you know, he's like, they, they killed each other in a gun battle. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And this all clears up all the charges against you right now. So you can just walk out of here. No problem. And Cage well, because like, he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, we we found some uh, footage or whatever that clears your name. And he's like, is that how it's going to be when I walk out of here? And dude's like, yeah, that's how it'll be. So he walks on out of there. They walk on out of there. We see a news clip later on down the road. Dude's been cleared of all charges. He's living a happy life. He's enjoying himself. The lieutenant's on there talking about how we're going to get to the bottom of all these murders at the mall. We don't know what happened, but we'll figure it out. And he goes to the New Orleans Post, Will does, and he's got the disc of all the information. He's talking to one of the guys he was talking to at the wake earlier. The guy that accused him of being a cop. Yep. And he's like, listen, bro, this is all of Alan's research that he had on what's been going on. I trust you with it. I don't need it anymore. Why don't yeah, you he's, take like, care of some he's shit? like, hey, man, Alan was just scratching the surface. You're his friend. You'll take care of it. You know, maybe you can take a look at it. And he's like, he grabs it and he's like, yeah, I'll do that. And he's going up the escalator or whatever. And he's like, oh, a hungry rabbit jumps, eh? Zoom in on Cage, wide eyed. Oh, shit. He's giving all the evidence to the group itself. Boom. Game over. Movie ends. Is there anything that you guys want to add before we get into the rating portion of the podcast? No. No. And with that, we are at the rating portion of the podcast where we are going to rate Seeking Justice on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's where 1 is the worst, 50 is the best, and 2 to 49 is literally anything in between. IMDb rates seeking justice a solid 30 and a half randy quades who would like to start with seeking justice i think you need to go last so we can end on what will be probably the most positive note about this i feel like i don't know where you're gonna come in i know where i come in why don't you go first spade i guess i want to go with uh 35 i like this more than i thought i would it turned into a different movie than I thought it was going to be because I remember hearing a it was a rape revenge movie. So I think I we like, were all kind of along oh, those yeah. same lines. I go in and I'm like, all right, she's getting raped. Like, okay, Nick Cage, it's going to turn into like a Taken movie or something like that. But then we go, takes us down, I guess, this little rabbit hole, this conspiracy. And that's what, all I got to say about that. Would you Would you watch it again? 
Possibly. I'm not going to rule it out. Would you recommend it to someone? Yes. Would you own it? No. Oh, I think you, think you should own it. Limited edition Blu-ray, baby. Like advocating for people to buy in Cage movies. That's not what this is. Until we start getting paid to hawk Nick Cage shit, our, us talking about him is enough. God damn it. Um, all right, I'll pop in here, and I'm going to give this a 38.5. It was a 38 initially. Our conversation bumped it up to a .5 somehow. Yes! It should have been worse. Job well done. It should have been worse, because I was way more angry about the, the villain speech now than I was when I was watching the movie. But ultimately, that happens in so many movies. It's disappointing, but it's not going to put me off from what was otherwise a pretty decent movie with good twists and turns. Like I said earlier, I knew where it was going immediately. It felt pretty obvious. That didn't really detract from my enjoyment because it was fun to watch. It could have shaved maybe 10 minutes off. It felt a little long, but I always say that. Like a hundred minutes. I think it's hundred. I think it was an hour and forty nine. All said and done, like with credits and everything, obviously. And it crossed my mind for a second that they were gonna go back, and the dude that raped January Jones was gonna be like someone that owed them a favor, and that was the favor. Ooh, they could have played it that way, but that'd be a weird. I guess. Oh well, yeah, there'd have to be where a, they were at. It would be there'd have to be a bigger reason worse. for them to want to set up Nick Cage, right? Uh, that we wouldn't know about. Obviously, maybe he's a worse. That would have made things, I think, probably too complicated. So I'm glad. Yeah, it would have made things it. a lot more complicated. They, kept it, they, they did good. They did a good job. Or Nick Cage did a good job of playing just like an everyday normal dude who doesn't fuck around, who gets put in a position, and just kind of flips that switch. But it's not like a John Wick switch where, like, all of a sudden he's the super badass we didn't know that he was. It's more like no, it's believable. He does the best with what he can do and happens to manage to survive, and it makes good sense. And they, they establish he's also a very intelligent man off the bat, so it's not unbelievable that he could hang with a guy like Simon in terms of playing games with him and being clever and fucking around with him. Like, he knows... I just I thought Nick Cage did a good job here. January Jones, I don't think she's a very good actress, generally speaking, but she was fine here. The supporting cast overall was just kind of fine. Like, Guy Pierce is a decent bad guy but i wouldn't hang my hat on his performance to like make my movie no yeah he's a good like solid c villain and harold perino is a good actor but i don't really ever enjoy his work in movies so much and i don't think his heels i like him in oz he's he's good in oz i like him in lost he's good in lost like but that's kind of more where i see him at is on a tv show level which doesn't mean he's not a good actor it just didn't feel up to i mean i don't know I didn't hate it. It was all fine. That's why it's a 38.5. I'd probably watch it again, given the right circumstances. I definitely recommend it to any Nick Cage fans out there. Maybe, generally speaking, if you like this kind of movie, I will not own it. There's no need for it. I did give him four bucks towards the $17 million. on Amazon. <laughs> so that, I guess that brings us to my review of Seeking Justice. I think this movie is drastically underrated not only by imdb but by the majority of people who just assume nicholas cage makes trash while i was doing my research for this movie i i try not to read any reviews or anything like that one because like i don't want this movie to be spoiled for me before i watch it but i saw like the first like couple words of someone's review it might have, I think it was on IMDb, and they're just like, "Oh, it's just like this is classic Nicolas Cage, like garbage acting, doesn't care, phoning it in." And I was like, "What movie did you watch?" Because I 
disagree with that 100%. I do not think that Nicolas Cage phoned this this movie in. I think he did a great job portraying the character he was trying to portray, which is kind of a uh, everyman guy who's just, he's smart. He's educated. He's a teacher. like, And he's... I, I really enjoyed this movie. I really liked how everything that was introduced, just the little things in the movie, came back around and they meant something, which I think should happen in the majority of storytelling, right? You're not just putting details in there for no fucking reason. Have these details come back and mean something in the end, or at least at some point during the story, to help further the story along and give it more like depth, right? Like everything should matter and it shouldn't be just throwaway stuff. I'm going to step in right now and disagree and say that if every movie had every little detail tied back into the story to make it better, that'd be the most boring fucking bullshit in all time. Because not everything, not that all movie experiences need to be about recreating real life, but does every little detail matter in real life either? It doesn't. Most shit doesn't mean a goddamn thing. So I'm fine with things in movies just being there to be there because that's what most of life is in a movie like this i think it makes sense for the little things to matter i'll agree with you and that's what i'm I'm bringing it to like i don't want every movie to do that because then it's but not important me, in certain movies. but for me in this movie they it was such an obvious device that they used that it made me realize what was happening early on there was no mystery for me because they started relying on that shit immediately like jumping in with the shakespeare speech about speak with violence don't do violence I'm i agree like, oh, with you now he's gonna have to go back on that now like i knew it anyway i guess but like if i didn't know the premise of this movie i could have figured it out very quickly i agree with you that everything was pretty spooky fed for you and you didn't need to be led down those tracks but i liked how at least they didn't like they gave it as an option like it's there i, I liked that i liked that things the relationship that nicholas cage and january jones had like it did like you were saying earlier reinforce why she's just like no like i got your back well, the, the, my my what I liked about it was the economy of it. They did it so quickly and with very little screen time established that these two were a solid, good and admirable couple in a way. So you're not going to question them. They're a solid throughout the movie. You don't have to worry about whether they're going to turn on each other. So everything else can be crazy around them. But you know that that couple is solid. I do think it was really good too, like the Jimmy twist because I didn't expect that. I did not see that coming. I'm not going to say that I saw Jimmy coming. That, that if I was, was going to expect one, one of those people to twist, I thought it was going to be Jennifer Carpenter. She had been so like inconsequential throughout the movie. She did so little. I figured that wouldn't even matter if you turn her heel. Jimmy was a little more involved than she was. They established that him and uh, Will were like really good friends and had been for a long time. Yeah, I mean, like I, I feel like they could have done it with uh, with Trudy, but. She was. She knew Will like through Laura being in the symphony with her. Yeah. So she was just. I don't know. I'm glad it was Jimmy instead. For sure. I am glad it was Jimmy because like it was a, a genuine twist that I did not expect to see. To be honest. I'll give him that one. Yeah, I the ending was a little meh, but for the most part, I really enjoyed this movie. I was into the story. I was into the hero with Nicolas Cage and I was just thoroughly entertained. I give this movie 42 out of 50 Randy Quaid's. I highly recommend it. Not only to Nicolas Cage uh, fans, 
but just to like people who like uh action adventure style you know like action drama mystery movies you know that are rated r for uh violence and some brief sexuality along with a little bit of language but uh i do uh uh i, I probably will watch this movie again i think this is one of the underrated Nicolas Cage classics, genuinely. I'm going to say this is one I would put in the pile of just his performance, specifically a cut above the bullshit that people consider he makes all the time. He's definitely doing what he needs to be doing in this movie. He's acting the shit out of this role. What people feel about the movie as a whole, inconsequential to me, but he's very good here. All right, so uh, that is... All the ratings, so I think that we can all agree that uh, you can catch all of our new episodes streaming on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also get all of our episodes, including all of our hashtag Cage Talk editions and our two TV series uh, at our website, 50randyquades.com. Next time on 50 Randy Quades, episode 146, The Batman. So we're all going to go see. Uh, the Batman movie tomorrow in real time. Fuck yeah. yeah. We're coming back at you in the second time in 2022 with a straight in theaters, straight to your ear holes via podcast pipeline that we don't generally do, or at least not this often. But we're going to bring you that fresh flavor once again. With what, I, with what I'm expecting is a real fucking banger of a movie. I, I guess there's nothing else to say, but until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out.